Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. I'm Liam, your host, and unfortunately, there's no Patrick this week. Um, we're going to be back Monday together to do a kind of joint app. Um, Monday is free agency day, so I think on Monday we're going to talk about maybe some ideal free agency fits, even though there's a chance they could obviously get announced that evening. Um, and we're going to go into to much bigger detail about maybe some of the QB carousel moves, some of the contract signings and stuff like that. Um, but today, I am here recording on Thursday the 9th uh, to talk about franchise tags and also that'll probably lead us on to a little bit of another discussion but it's going to be a short episode tomorrow Friday we're going to have a full pre free agency preview come out um, but today I thought I'd kind of just drop on to talk about who got franchise tagged and then I guess who didn't. Um, let's start with the ones that did obviously start the running back position first we've got Saquon Barkley who got tagged by the New York Giants this is very closely linked obviously to the Daniel Jones contract extension that me and Patrick will talk about on Monday um, general thoughts, you know how I think about football and kind of a league QB play. I wouldn't have given DJ that deal. Um, but again, we're kind of probably talk about QB carousel and the long-term deals with Patrick on Monday. But uh, in terms of Saquon, what that means, obviously it's great for him short-term to get that guaranteed cash after two really, really bad injuries. Um, but I do think he probably would have got more over a two-year span on the marketplace. So I guess if he gets tagged again next year, then it's been great for him. But if he doesn't, then he's probably going to miss out financially a little bit on, on some money. But um, for the Giants, they do not have many weapons. If they were going to sign DJ, which they did, then it kind of makes sense. I'm not sure I necessarily... Yeah, I'm not sure I necessarily would have done it. Um, but I think... I don't know, it's difficult. Because with DJ, you kind of have to do it. But I would probably wouldn't have done either move and kind of just gone into to make this bit of a rebuild and attack the market in different places. But... Um, I understand why they've done it. I think if you go the DJ route, which they obviously have, then I think that they kind of have forced themselves down this window of having to having to do it and to to keep Saquon Barkley um, in New York. Now they need to add another weapon to go alongside him. Um, they probably need a better RB two, and at the start of the season, not kind of overuse him as much as they did this season. Um, but I think overall, when you've done the contract with the QB, this makes a lot of sense because they just haven't got the weapons otherwise. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I, I wanted a long-term deal for him somewhere, just because I like him as a player. But you also know that I'm not sure running backs are worth that much. So we're going to see more and more get tagged just due to the pure value of the contract being so small at just around $10 million. Uh, another one that got tagged is Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. I feel like he definitely would have got bigger on the market. He's a year younger than Saquon. He's only 25. Um But, yeah, the Raiders have tagged him as well. I think he would have got a bigger deal. I don't think the Raiders would have paid it. I'm not sure if the Raiders know exactly what they're going to do at QB yet, even though they've obviously got a veteran wide receiver, a veteran tight end, a couple of old, not older, but their star players aren't 23, 22, recently drafted. They're all on their second contract, and obviously Colton Miller and Max Crosby. So it feels like they need to go all in. We'll see what they do. They're in a good position in the draft to go QB, but they've decided not to pay Jacobs a long-term deal, which I think is the smart thing to do for them. But they have decided to tag him rather than let him walk. Um, again, I think I'm probably less likely to have let him walk because I do think that they could go win now. But also, I just wouldn't wouldn't pay yeah, a running back, especially had only had one real kind of top, top year in the last three seasons. Even those average seasons have still been probably better than Saquon Barkley just due to his, Josh Jacobs' health being a bit better. So yeah, the Raiders keep Josh Jacobs. That's two running backs. And the third is Pollard from... The Cowboys, um, Tony Pollard, really, really good player, explosive. Unfortunately, got injured at the end of the season. Um, 
kind of glad for Cowboys fans they didn't offer him a massive deal because they have signed players to extensions like Gallup, even Dak, um, Darren Smith, straight after they got injured. So I was a little bit worried they might do the same. And even though I think he's better than Zeke Elliott, I still wouldn't pay him on a big extension. I also wouldn't have two running backs on a big extension. We'll see what that means for Zeke. I'm hoping this means they now are going to kind of renegotiate Zeke's deal, make him take less money up front, kind of spread that cap around, or cut him and Pollard can be the main guy because this obviously when you franchise tag someone, the money's all in one year. So it's like a $10 million deal, $10 million against the cap, $10 million year paid in year one, um, all guaranteed as well, even through injury. So it feels like to keep Zeke maybe at his current deal, it's probably unreasonable, but we'll see what they do. They seem to <laughs> obsess over Zeke, and I'm kind of hoping this is the first step to not doing that anymore, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's good for Tony Pollard, especially being injured. I do think after that injury, he was probably the least likely of the three to get a big deal elsewhere, especially because maybe, I know his lack of touches help him in terms of longevity, but he's just been injured and hasn't really got the history of being a workhorse back. So I do feel like he was the least likely of the three to actually get a, a good deal. So um, yeah, I think it's really good for him as a player uh, and we'll see what happens with, with Zeke but yeah watch this space I feel like they should do something but we'll see uh, next one is Jacksonville Jaguars they have franchise tagged Evan Ingram the salary is 11.3 million um, again similar to running back tight end is a small tag we saw two tags last year obviously another one this year I think Ingram's the perfect candidate for the tag took a one year deal had a really really good season with Trevor Lawrence and, and Doug Peterson um, has consistent kind of injury issues and drop issues in New York now, that didn't happen last season, but has happened throughout his whole career. Um, so I think the tag is a, is a very clever thing to do. I think maybe they can look at an extension throughout the season, um, or they can kind of draft a tight end in this class, which is very, very good, and let Ingram walk, and that's also a clever way to do it. But I don't think paying him a massive extension this year made sense. They're a bit against the cap. They just bought in Calvin Ridley, so Evan Ingram is going to be further down the depth charts in terms of pass catches and... Obviously, he is a tight end, but it does get very much used as like a big slot receiver. Um, so I think overall, the tag makes a lot of sense. They can afford the tag this year. They've cut Shaquille Griffin to be able to afford that. Um, so yeah, overall, good move for him. Good move for them. His career the last year in New York didn't look great, and he got quite a good one-year deal. Uh, hit a few incentives as well and got paid well last year. Now he's got the $11.3 million, which, like I said, is fully guaranteed. Uh, and then I think next year, he's still going to be at a good enough age where he can then go into... So free agency and, and, and kind of command a, a bigger salary than maybe he you thought he would have done in the past. So, yeah, that's four players, obviously, three of them being running backs. Next is the one that we already knew about. We mentioned with Patrick before, which was Deron Payne. This was leaked really, really early. Their franchise tagged him. There has been rumours this week that this could be a tag and trade situation um, coming out of India. I'm not sure if that's reliable. It's a couple of kind of lower-level national guys, none of the big guys, none of the Washington beat reporters, but... Watch this space. I think they should trade him, and they probably get a second round pick for him, third round pick. At worst, maybe, maybe the new team would worry about obviously having to sign him to a massive deal. But I think he's only twenty five, so I don't think there's any risk of that. His injury history in the last year hasn't been bad, but because it's on the D line in general, his tag value is nineteen million. And again, for a team that spends so much on the line already, I think they would have forty million combined between the two defensive tackles. That is ridiculous for most teams, if not every team. It's definitely ridiculous for a bad team to have that, especially when they've got two edge rushers as well that are, that are very, very good players. So for me, I think they should trade him. I'm not sure if they will actually trade him, um, but I do think they should. Um, and he's a very, very good player. I think they command a lot. He would have been probably my number one 
free agent if he hadn't been tagged. Um, but yeah, Deron Payne, Washington Commanders. The defensive line stay strong and we'll see what they can do, um, do next season. And finally, we have Lamar Jackson, who was tagged by the Baltimore Ravens, as expected. Um, they actually used a non-exclusive tag, which is one that does not get used very often. Um, explanation of this tag, unlike the other guys that have been tagged, they can't negotiate with any other teams. They're kind of locked in. Um, they can only negotiate with other teams if a trade is agreed with the team. Uh, and they also have to obviously sign those tags but to play on them. Lamar still has to sign his tag if he wants to play in Baltimore. However... The non-exclusive tag means that he can now freely, he's basically a restricted free agent, especially if you're familiar with the NBA, it works similar to that. He can now go discuss deals with other teams. Um, he can sign an offer sheet with them. Once the offer sheet is signed, he lets Baltimore know. Baltimore have a, an agreed amount of time to be able to match that offer sheet. And if they don't match it, the team that signs the Martin offer sheet uh, then has to send Baltimore two first-round picks. So if this is done before the draft, if he signs a, an agreement before the draft, then it would have to be a um, first-round pick for this year's draft and then also for the year after. If he waits till after the um, draft, then the team would be able to send their 24 pick and then a 25 pick. So this is kind of relevant because of teams like Miami or maybe teams like San Francisco that don't have a pick this year. They could wait if he was happy to do it, and then obviously see if the, the Ravens match. So like I said, the Ravens do get a chance to match. If they match, he has to sign with them, uh, and he has to sign at the same exact deal. So every stipulation that he signs the offer sheet for still kind of goes ahead. Now, why have they done this, and why do I think... I think I probably think it was a bad move, but why have they done it? They've done it because they've canvassed the league. They believe that Lamar won't get the offer that he's wanting from them from anyone. Um, there are conflicting reports of whether he has asked for fully guaranteed or not. I don't believe he's only asked for that. Obviously, I think it was part of it at one point, but I don't think he's only asked for that, but some people believe he has. But either way, they believe that he won't get the deal he wants. It'll be less. So A, it allows kind of these negotiations that have stalled to move forward to help to get a long-term resolution, if you believe that. Um, he can go to another team. He won't get quite the deal he wants, but obviously he's going to get whatever the best deal is. Agreed the best deal because he doesn't want to play on a one-year tag, I assume. Um, go back to, to Baltimore and they can match it or not. Uh, I think the reason they think this is possible it kind of is a good option because A, he won't get as much, or B, people, as the rumours have come out already, don't want to negotiate on behalf of Baltimore and kind of get them a cheaper deal for their QBs. So there's a chance that some people will not even offer or maybe anyone will even offer because they don't want Baltimore to be able to to, to match that contract. Um, so if people don't offer and they don't get a deal done, then he'll be playing on the tag this year, which I believe is $42.5 million. Now, this isn't a good idea for their cap situation. Um, it really does impact this season, but it also gives them a QB. It gives them another another chance, more time. However, I don't think they're feel, feeling like this is the route it's going to go down. I believe they honestly think someone will sign into an offer sheet and it will be a smaller amount than maybe he wants and he thinks he can get from them and then their thought process is right. He's got no agent. He's doing this himself. He's now spoken to five, six teams. He's got X amount of offers. They're less than he thought. He realizes the true value. We'll just match that value and then we'll keep him happy and then obviously maybe in years' time either the injuries carry on and the relationship ends or they can do another contract and he can be on there for, for his third contract because normally if you're a franchise great you're probably going to get three contracts as a QB with that team uh, including your rookie deal especially if you're a first round pick that gets that that fifth year option so yeah that's why they've done it they believe that he's not going to get the offer he wants and they can kind of push negotiations forward sign him to a deal and he'll be their QB um, however I think it's a risk because 
I still think there's a team that will offer him a massive amount of money. I think because you have to match the offer sheet exactly, a team could really up the money in year one and two when the Ravens have less cap space, especially this year, and go crazy with the guarantees this year um, and make it really, really difficult for them to match. And if that happens, they only get two first-round picks. I think if they sign Lamar to a deal already and they'd fallen out and he was available for trade, they would get three first-round picks, at least a third, maybe a player, maybe a second, maybe a third and fifth and sixth and more. Um, so I think two first-round picks for Lamar Jackson, especially you don't get two in this year's draft, one's pushed into the future. Um, again, you can't pick the first, so if it's a team that's first-round pick for this year is really bad and it's at the end of the draft, they kind of they have no say on that, they have to go with that. Um, so I think for me that's why it's a bad deal. I think you're risking yourselves to lose him for, for lower than you should. I think someone will offer him a big amount of money. Um, we've seen some collusion now in the league. It seems like obviously the owners don't want guaranteed deals. I don't think he's going to get a guaranteed deal, but you've seen loads of teams like the Falcons and the Dolphins already come out and say they're not interested in Lamar, which I find shocking. And it does feel like there's some kind of agreement from some of the ownership here to to kind of halt this progress of a QB getting another nearly fully guaranteed deal. Um, but as we know, the Ravens are offering less guaranteed money, the rumours are, than, than Kyler Murray. The Sean Watson contract, whether you think that's a real contract or not, in terms of should it even matter, the fact that the numbers are still lower than Lamar, uh, sorry, lower than Kyler for Lamar is it's not good. So yeah, I think someone will offer him. I think it could be the Patriots. I think it could be the Falcons. Uh, sorry, I still think the Falcons should, but apparently they won't. Uh, it could definitely still be the Lions. I'm not sure. It could be the Raiders. There'll be some team that haven't ruled themselves out. A lot of teams have, like I said, like the Dolphins, the Falcons, I think the Panthers. Um, or the Colts, maybe one of the two rule themselves out. So I feel like there's some collusion going on, but someone will offer him a deal. I do think it'll be maybe less than he thinks, but if the team structures it right, they can make it really hard for Baltimore to to, to match, and the, and maybe they won't do it. But yeah, I think someone will offer him a deal. I think Baltimore think maybe they won't, or the deal will be terrible. I think someone will offer him a really, really good deal, and it'll be more than he's been offered by Baltimore. But they can still match, and they'll still be paying him way less probably than fully guaranteed. So they can move the negotiations forward without having to do any of the work after obviously two years of these talks kind of probably coming to a stall, to be honest, and just building bad blood between the two sides. It's a way to help push things forward. But I think there's a bigger risk of them losing him than they probably think there is. The other thing is when you do this situation with a tag, if he starts negotiating with them, with other teams and offers are coming in, at that point, the Ravens can actually then trade him on the tag and kind of work out a deal with one of these teams. So maybe, again, the Lions they could do a deal before it gets to that stage and say, look, let's just trade you now. As long as the contract's agreed in place, that can happen. Um, before that, and it won't be like forced to give up two. They can get more uh, and kind of get more back for Lamar if they let him go early and kind of just move this process on. Some people do, do apply this tag just to get an offer sheet out there just so they can trade them. Um, so there's a chance they can still get more than two firsts, but I think more, but the reason teams would do that is not to necessarily give up more than two firsts, but to give up more in a way that suits them. So, for example, if you've got two first-round picks this year and you think next year's draft class is stronger, you can keep next year's agreed to two picks this year, but the Ravens would probably want more in that case, potentially, just to sweeten the deal for them doing a favour, if that's what the other team wanted. Uh, or maybe include a player um, and change the first to a second. They can then agree to that if Lamar then signs a contract with that team. So, yeah, Lamar's interesting. Very surprised it got here in terms of two years ago, a year ago, if you'd have asked me. After the last five months, four months, definitely, definitely not surprised. One of my close friends, like I bang on about the pod, is a friend from work called Josh. 
Uh, shout out to Josh because I know he listens. Um, he's a little bit moved off Lamar, but he also didn't want this option because he believes the risk is high of losing him just for two picks. However, I spoke to him today, and like he said today, he was very surprised how many teams came out and said they weren't going to do a deal, even if some of them are lying and maybe it changes, maybe it's a bad leak, whatever. The amount of teams that did that did make it seem like the market for Lamar is a little bit more depressed than it should be, and obviously the fact he hasn't got an agent seems to be kind of coming back now to to bite him. So we shall see. Um, like I said, he's got a long time to be able to negotiate this past the draft, so he can go all the way up to the tag deadline, I believe, which is in June. Um so yeah, it's going to be a waiting game. We'll see. I still think he leaves Baltimore. Um, I think the Lions are an absolute amazing option for him. And then they could trade Jared Goff to someone else for like a third and a fourth. Uh, or maybe even a second and a fifth, something like that. But um, yeah, I think Lamar is probably going to be uh, one to leave. So that is it for the tags. That's Lamar. They're not exclusive to the Ravens. Uh, and then the others are all the normal franchise tag for Saquon Barkley to the Giants. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. Tony Pollard for the Cowboys, um, Evan Ingram for your Jacksonville Jaguars, and then finally the first tag was applied to Ron Payne of the Washington Commanders. Uh, like I said, tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to release a podcast with a full free agency breakdown. Um, me and Patrick will also do more free agency talk on Monday. Uh, and then on Monday, we'll kind of break down some of the bigger news, some of the contract extensions, some of the QB carousel moves, some of the cuts. Um and kind of talk about those players in a bit more detail. Um, yeah, the off-season has been a bit of a strange one with a bit of sickness, holiday. Uh, unfortunately, both our work situations have gone crazy, but we're back now to have to bring you some 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 more content. And then in terms of away from free agency, a bit of draft news. Lee Wakefield, who was part of the Full 10 Yards Network with me previously, he's going to come on. The podcast is going to be released uh, and do a draft podcast with me. The podcast is going to be released on our feed and the Full 10 Yards feed. Um, but I will host it and host it on this platform and then kind of release the audio to Josh at full 10 yards for us to do like a little bit of a, a joint venture. Um, I believe that'll be, f- I think it'll be five or six podcasts leading up to the draft. And then obviously post-draft, Lisa is an expert. Me and Patrick will still have separate draft episodes. I think we'll do a little bit more maybe about some bigger picture storylines with Patrick. Um, obviously, we'll do our usual mock draft, me and him, because we enjoy doing that. Um but yeah, Lee, obviously being such a draft expert, covers the draft now. Uh, used to do that for full 10 yards. Now does it elsewhere um, uh, for a living, to be honest. So Lee is a, is a big expert. He's going to come on, break stuff down. We'll talk about the combine next week. We'll talk about potential trades, um, who we think might move up and down. Um, we'll obviously do loads of positional breakdowns so that everyone can get familiar with the players. We'll do our own mock draft as well. Um and then once the drafts happen, we'll do some kind of grading, some storylines, some big picture stuff. See how free agency impacts the drafts as well. So it should be a fun time. Lee's going to do, yeah, I think it's five, if not six episodes with myself. It will come out probably every Thursday uh, all the way through to the draft, maybe the Wednesday of the day before the draft for the for the last episode. And then we'll leave it a week or maybe a few days uh, and post-draft, get a episode out after the draft, and then we'll wrap it up and then... Um, hopefully, if it goes well this year, I can get Lee to come on and make that kind of a yearly tradition. We'll start it a little bit early, maybe get Lee on for a bit of a kind of college football playoff breakdown as well throughout the season, try and make him part of the the family here at um, the Go For Two podcast. And then also, alongside myself and Patrick, um, there's a chance that you might hear a couple more voices throughout the season. Um, I'm very keen with, unfortunately, with both of us and our careers away from football and even, to be honest, the second job for me now scouting in football um 
means that our schedules don't align as much, especially in the off season. Uh, and I think that the that you guys listening just kind of love the content throughout the off season more, if not as much as the the regular season. So I'm going to make sure that we can kind of make sure we've got different guests on different recording days, different patterns, so you can still hear me and Patrick's voices, obviously, but then also get some kind of other experts on the show. And that's going to happen throughout the off season. So yeah, thanks for listening. That is the franchise tag players back tomorrow. Like I said, for the free agency preview, me and Patrick back Monday. Uh, and then any big news, I'm sure we could get an emergency podcast out. So yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to go follow us at go for 2 podcast on Twitter to be the number two. Let us know any off-season episodes you want to hear. Um, and enjoy free agency tomorrow.